theyeshiva.net. We're going to begin learning today a mimer by the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Bossi Legani Tovshin Chof Aleph. As you see in the headline, Leil Shabbos Kodesh Parshas B'Shalach Yud Aleph Shvat Achar Gekabolas Shabbos Tovshin Chof Aleph. This mimer was said by the Lubavitcher Rebbe on Friday night. Parshas, Parshas B'Shalach Yud Aleph Shvat. After Kabbalah Shabbos and Mayriv, the year 5721, which would be 1961. Of course, as you know, Yud Shvat, the 10th of Shvat, is the yard site of his father-in-law, the Rebbe Rayatz, the 6th Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson, who passed away, Yud Shvat, Tovshin Yud. He was born in 1880, and he passed away 1950 in New York. The Rebbe Rayatz published a mimer for that Shabbos, which would ultimately be the, be the day that he passed away. He gave it a mimer to learn on that Shabbos, the yard side of his grandmother, Rebbe Tzin Rifke, and that would be the day of his istalkos. The mimer begins with the Pasuk and Shir Hashirim, chapter 5, Bossi Legani Achaisi Kala. So each year on Yutshvat, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, his son-in-law, would always say a mimer Hasidus, a Hasidic discourse, on Bossi Legani. That year, Tavshin Chafalev, the Rebbe said the mimer twice, Friday night, and Mitzray Shabbos. Friday night after Mayriv, the first Basilagani, and then the Rebbe said a Maimer again, with much more explanation, elaboration, and elucidation, that Mitzray Shabbos. Mitzray Shabbos, Parshas B'Shalach, Yod Aleph Shvat. So we're now going to begin this Maimer. Basilagani, Achaisi Kala. Shleim HaMelech tells us in Shashirim that Doidi, metaphor for Hashem, because is a metaphor for the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people, using, employing the metaphor of Anila Doidi Vidoidi Li, the groom and the bride who are deeply connected to each other. So he says, I came to my garden, the garden of my sister, the bride. The Medrash says, The word Legani, my garden, also means lignuni. Gnuni is a chuppah, a canopy that they would erect for a chasen and a kala where they would get married and where they would spend the beginning of their marriage together, consolidating the relationship and beginning their life together as a young couple. That was called gnuni. It was a special chuppah's chasan, a special canopy that was built for the chasen and kala. So Hashem says, Basi legani. I came to my garden. I came to gnuni. I came to my canopy. Lamakim shaya ikri batchila. It was mine, because this was the place where my essence was always present initially. The Because during the creation of the world, the essence of the Shechina was was in this world, in the lowest world, the lowest component of reality, our physical reality. This is where the essence, the Iker Shechina was. Hashem says, I'm not coming to a garden, I'm not coming to a chuppah, I'm coming back to my own, my own place. I'm returning to the place where I was in the beginning, where I was initially, but as we will see, I was expelled. It's just, as a result of the various sins, the Shechina was removed up, up, higher and higher to the seventh heaven. And then the Medrash says there were seven Sadiqim who brought the Shechina back down. 
until Moshe, the seventh, the seventh, our beloved, the Medrash says, and he brought it down back to the earth. So the day Moshe puts up the Mishkan, Hashem says, oh, finally I came back. I was always here. This was my garden. This was my uh, place where I was. was But then there were seven big sins, beginning with the Eitzadas. The Medrash continues six ones afterwards. And each time the Shechina became more aloof, less accessible, less connected to the human condition, which means there became a greater dissonance in the human being between who he is and who he really is. Right? Hashem asks Adam right after the Eitzadas, Ayeka, where are you? Who are you? Where are you? In other words, there is, when you're disconnected from the Shechina, it means you're disconnected from your deeper, deeper self. So that misalignment continued and continued. So the Shechina goes up another heaven, another heaven, which is of course metaphoric. It becomes more distant. You know, you become more distant from yourself and it grows and it grows and it grows. I mean, we all understand what that means in our lives. And then seven can begin to bring the Shechina down into the world. Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, uh, the Medrash says, Levi, Kahas, Amram, and then the, sec- the seventh one is Moshe. It's not just them individually, them as leaders, as teachers, as mentors, inspire a new awareness. And Moshe is the seventh, and he finally brings it down to the earth, which means making it tangible, real, concrete, that a person could really integrate himself, all parts of himself or herself completely. It becomes... It becomes tangible in a person's life. That's what it means. He brings it down to the earth. And that's Basi Lagani. I came, not for the first time, I came back to my garden, my Gnuni, my Chuppah. This was always my place. Right. Moshe was the Mishkan. Moshe was the Mishkan. Shleimah HaMelech writes Sheh Hashidim when he builds the Beis HaMikdash. He writes Sheh Hashidim. But this is a metaphor for the, for the, for the day that he, that Moshe built the Mishkan. So the Shechina is saying, Hashem is saying, Basi Lagani, I come to my Gani, my garden. Why is it mine? Because it used to be mine, but I was, so to speak, expelled. And now at last, the seventh tzaddik, Moshe Rabbeinu, brings the Shechina back down to the earth. Yeah. And, and that bringing it down to the earth is obviously a revolutionary moment in the sense that there could be a full when you're integrated with all the parts of yourself, the Shechina and you become connected. So Moshe brings down the Shechina, but the Chet HaEgel, so you have different stages. There's Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, there's Matan Teire, and each one, Matan Teire already the Shechina came down. Yeah. But then there's a Chet HaEgel, the Jews sin in the calf, and again the Shechina, the Shechina is expelled. So then comes the mitzvah. So Hashem tells Moshe that you should make a Beis HaMikdash. And in the Beis HaMikdash, I will dwell among them. So Chazal say, among them means uh, in every Jew. After the Tchet Eagle, we need again the Veshachanti. The Shechina should come into every Jew. And through this, it can also exist in the Mishkan and in the rest of the world. So the Mishkan is not just a place the Shechina comes into the Mishkan. It says, V'shechanti b'soycham, not b'soychay. B'soycham means that the Shechina wants to dwell in every single person, in every single heart. When it dwells in the heart, then it can also fill the Mishkan, and then it could fill the world. In other words, if there's no personal change, you can't change the world. 
if I'm not ready to open up my heart to the Shechina, so it's not like you build a building and the Shechina comes in there. It begins, mikdash, but the Veshachanti has to be Besaycham among the people, and then it can also fill the Shechina and the world. Transformation always begins internally in my, my attitude, my perspective, how I live, my consciousness. The divine flow in the Mishkan, its concept was to transform the lies and the shtus, the insanity of Lumaza. Lumaza means the other side of Kedusha, to transform the Sheker into Kesher and into Keresh. The Mishkan was built, says Vasisila Mishkan, right? Krushim, Krushim are beams. Krushim is the same oisius like Sheker and Kesher. Sheker is a lie. Kesher is a knot. And Keresh is a beam. Like the Krushim of the Mishkan. So he says, the Avayda of the Mishkan was not just to bring back the Shechina. It was to transform the distortions that allowed the Shechina to be expelled initially. In other words, once the Shechina left, you can't just bring it back. You have to heal. And in that sense, it becomes a much deeper relationship. Because the relationship that comes after brokenness is always a deeper relationship because it has to deal with the brokenness. It's not just you go back to the innocence of stage one. Stage three has to be deeper than stage one because you have to work through stage two. So he says when they build the Mishkan, they have to kind of build the Mishkan, let the Shechina come back the way it was in the beginning of the creation. You have to work through, Yeah, it's like somebody who's in recovery, they have to work through their their distortions, their, their traumas, their wounds, their scars, to bring in the light over there. I have to work through my stuff. Yeah, if I'm dealing with anger or dealing with, uh, with, with fears or insecurity or whatever it is, ne- negativity, toxicity, I have to be able to work it through to open myself up to the Shechina. So in a way, it's a deeper, it's a deeper relationship. So he says, you have to, the Mishkan was built from beams, from Kroshim, to transform the Sheker, the lie, and the insanity of sin, which is always insanity, the Gemara says in there's always a certain element of insanity, of folly, that takes over a person before you sin, which is really a wonderful observation. In other words, they didn't feel that a normal person, a real normal person, is not capable of chait. Because why would you want to separate from yourself? But a person sometimes is not themselves. It's called a ruach shtus. So you have to take the sheker and the shtus of Lumaza and turn it into kesher, into a deeper connection. The sheker becomes a kesher and becomes a keresh. This was also the concept of the karbonis in the mikdash. What's the karbonis, the sacrifices? How is that connected to the shechinah? The word carbon comes from the word kiruv, close, adam kiyakriv. The physical animal wasn't just you bringing a physical animal to the Besamikdash. It's the person bringing close all their faculties, their talents, their chushim, their senses, their resources, aligning yourself with your divine, aligning yourself with the core. Shaga- yeah, bakar. Oh, you saying bakar is also karav, kiruv. <laughs> Adam Kiyakov Mechem Min Habakar. Bakar is Kiruv. And every person has their own animal that they have to that they have to be Makarev. 
Shagam, so carbon is really kiruv. Shagam inyan zehoi davaydes kalachad vachad misra. Again, this doesn't just start in the home of the Mishkan and you bring animals there. It starts inside. Shamahapaches ashtus de loomaz ashtus de loomaz ashtus de you have to transform your own insanity of l'umaz, of unholiness, into shtuz dikdusha, which is holy insanity. The Gemara in Ksuva says that uh, Shmuel Bayitzak used to dance at a wedding very, very, very ecstatically. And, and Abzeira said he's embarrassing all the, all the sages. And then when he passed away, he saw that there was a pillar of fire separating between him and everybody else at the funeral. The Gemara in Ksuva Zion. So he said, Ahani le shtuse The shtus, the insanity of this old man is what helped him. In other words, he was complimenting that the fact that he was so uninhibited at the wedding is really what set him apart. So that's like, you take the insanity in a destructive way and you turn it into insanity in a, in a holy way. Insanity in a holy way means that I'm not, I, I don't live in my brain. I have the ability to be uninhibited, to be able to transcend the structures of my brain. A person needs to bring close his own animal soul. Then the physical animal could indeed go up to God in the Beis HaMikdash, literally, and that includes the whole world. In other words, the behemoth in the Beis HaMikdash was metaphorical, was a paradigm for what we ought to do with all the physical objects of the world. But it begins with your own inner animal. It says, So grammatically it should have said, A person from among you will bring a carbon. You don't say a person who will bring a carbon from among you. So the pshat is, The beginning of a carbon is internal, from yourself. The avoider within every person ultimately affects the whole world, that it becomes a home for Hashem. And this fulfills the ultimate purpose of creation, the Medrash says in a few places, like he says in footnote 8, that the purpose of creation was Hashem wanted a dira, He wanted a home in the lowest reality, in the meaning in our world, in the lowest world, the Tachtayim, this is where He wanted a dwelling place. This is where we bring godliness in. And it begins with with my own Tachtayim, into my own darkness and into my own toxicity and into my own issues and skeletons and into my own animals so that's where I bring in the deer and then as a domino effect you immediately you radiate that it's like when the rock falls in the water and then there's a ripple effect that continues and continues and the, the butterfly effect you know and, and, and somebody sneezes in Wuhan and uh, the whole world is on lockdown that's the modern butterfly effect you know, there's an interesting uh, there's an interesting mitzvah. It's known as pigul. It's a very strange mitzvah. Pigul is that uh, learned about it a few times. Pigul is that if a kayan is doing the avoda, and in the middle of the avoda he communicates or he even thinks, according to my opinion, just he thinks that he's going to eat the carbon in the wrong time or in the wrong place. It disqualifies the carbon. It's a unique thing. He didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right. He's slaughtering, or he's sprinkling the blood, yeah. or he's receiving the blood, or he's bringing the blood to the mezbeach. Shechita, Kabbalah, Elach, Azrika. In the middle, he has a machshava, yeah. Let's say this carbon you had to eat till the evening. Or you had, you had today, and tonight, and tomorrow. And I'm gonna eat it, you know, in two days. My, my, my cousin is coming, we'll have a party. Or I'm gonna eat it outside of the base. I'll eat it outside of your shalom. The carbon is disqualified. It's called pigle. And you're not allowed to eat it. 
Huh? According to many, he said, just machshav, he had a thought. He mamash had a thought. And it's a, stra- it's a strange thing, like, uh, uh, why would a Kayan do that? Like, what? Huh? <laughs> and then he had the Kayan to tell you that he did it. So Toysfus asked this question, why would the Kayan, why would the Kayan do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm a Kayan, I take your carbon, I'm like, let's say, you know, there's a thousand dollar cow you bought for your carbon. And then, oh, oh, sorry, I had a thought that I'm going to eat it in a week. <laughs> the whole thing is possible. Yeah, he says, well, like, why, would, why, would, why would a person do this? What, he wants to, yeah. So some say he, pushed, had a, he had a personal vendetta against somebody. And he, yeah. but, that, but then he has to go tell him, he has to go tell him that he did it. Mamash Mazik. And the question is, is Mechuyiv to pay? I pushed, I, I, I stole you $1,000. So it says in Svada, my soul wants a vart. Um, I think that I saw in some sefer I saw it in a few places that uh, fascinating thing how pigle happened. Sometimes a person brought a carbon. Let's say a person did a sin. He's mechalos shabbos b'shayig, whatever. People do, and he brings a carbon for kapara, but it wasn't genuine. He buys his goat. He buys his sheep. He brings it as an offering, but it's just you know here's the animal. Slaughter the animal, and uh, I got it for a hundred bucks. But internally, there was no change. Yeah, the checklist. You give an animal. So the Kayan experienced a machshava of pigle. It came into him. And then the Kayan told them. The Kayan told them that, uh, yeah, something is wrong. So you see from here, and pigle is a very, it's a, it's a very big sugi, and avoid the big like, It was like a, it was a serious thing. Because and so now we understand because Vishakanti Basaicham, Hashem right away says the Besamikdash doesn't build, begin in a home, it doesn't begin in a in a building, in a in, in a sanctuary, it begins in your heart. That's where it begins. Adam Kayakriv Mikem Karban Lashem. The physical animal is the manifestation of that, but it's not the beginning and the end of that. That's the ritual. It could be very ritualistic and empty and devoid. You brought an animal, you were kapar. So that's when Pigal happened. And that the Kayan picks up on it. That's the parameter. The Kayan says, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened to me. Nothing happened to him. Something happened to you. I'm just a mirror. Because in a place where there's Kedusha, these things, everybody, everything is sensitive. The, the antennas, the antennas pick up everything, you know? Sometimes they tell me, this mic picks up everything. So if somebody, <laughs> if somebody sneezes, everybody's gonna hear. You have to know if the mic pick, if the antenna pick, if the mic picks up in the Beisamikdash, everything gets detected. You can't hide. You know, in your therapist's office, you can hide. But unless he's a really good therapist, he's like a Kayan. But if not, there's, uh, it gets picked up. So there's Pigel. Some Saifa even adds, that's why they had these concertos in the Beisamikdash, the Levium were there. They would play music every day. The Talmud Shal Shachar, Talmud Shal Ben Arbayim. He says, if this happened, they started to play music, to be ma'ayr the person, and then when he was ready, they can redo the carbon. Because very often, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was pigle, it was pigle. Yeah, if it was pigle. There was nothing to do. You're not allowed to eat it. You burn it. There's nothing to do. It's like a nicer. So he says that that's where they would play the music, and music has a very deep power, you know, to to stir the heartstrings of a person's soul, and that's when everything uh, everything came back. But it's a very interesting thing about this pigle thing. 
let's say somebody wants has the apter of, it'll be a Ramashur Hashlov Apta. How can a carbon be mechaper? It seems like a very strange thing because um let's say somebody worshipped idolatry by mistake was Machalashab. Okay, so you bring an animal and that's it? You bring an animal? So the Abdirov says, says, no, he didn't just bring an animal. I'll explain to you how it worked. Uh, the Abdirov said, and he gave a marshal of a person named Reb Amram. He said to Reb Amram, desecrated Shabbos by mistake. Comes down Shabbos morning. And, uh, you know, he goes, he makes his eggs. He puts on the fire, etc. To make his omelet Shabbos morning. Then he realizes it was Shabbos. So his wife comes in and says, Amram, it's Shabbos. Oh, yeah. okay, so Sunday, he goes to bring a carbon. So he comes to Yerushalayim, and there's a place to buy a carbon. So he goes to the sheep, you know, to the store. And Amram, was in his city, was known as, you know, he sat in Mizrach, he got mafter every other week, shishi, shlishi. He was a man, Talmud Chacham, wealthy. He had all the milas. Comes to the store, and the person at the store, Yankel, says, Ooh, the Amram, what are you doing here? I said, ah, I need a sheep. He said, well, you became a shepherd. You're Shalayim. Karb Mechatos. Really? The Bamram? What happened? <laughs> Shabbos. Psst, the Bamram. Shabbos. <laughs> Shabbos. Really? Okay. Here's, here's 100 shekel, 200 shekel. Here's your sheep. Nope. The Vaili tells his friend, the Bamram is here. You heard what happened with the Bamram? Goes on the WhatsApps, WhatsApps. And Abamram came in. And here, Abamram starts walking the sheep. He needs directions to the base of Mikdash. So he asks a kid, how do you get to the Harabai? So Abamram, Abamram, what are you doing? What do you need with a sheep? Ooh, you did something interesting. I know Yerushalayim are children that are mischievous. So he gives him the wrong directions. So now he's walking down the pathways of Yerushalayim. You can get lost. He's walking down the pathways in the wrong direction. The Bamaram with a sheep. Nobody sees him with a sheep. They see him usually, you know, with, with Talmidim, with Hasidim. They don't see him with a sheep. Then the sheep, of course, runs away. Sheep already feels going there. So now the Amram is chasing the sheep. He says, the whole Yerushalayim comes out. The Amram is chasing the sheep until he finally finds his way to the Beis HaMikdash. So the Abtirav says, then he comes to be Samikdash to Koyan, Rabamram, Rabamram, Shalom Aleichem, what are you doing here? Chilul Shabbos. So he says, at that point, <laughs> he was already atoned. <laughs> and if not, then Taka was Pigle. In other words, he had to work through some, he had to so become vulnerable. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Al Pipshad, that's what Taisva suggests that he was taking revenge or, or of somebody, which is. But this was a very easy, fast way. Yeah, of course, of course. So it's yeah. So that's why some say that actually, but it's a, such a strange thing. Like, why would a client like? I mean, you have an issue with somebody, so figure it out. I mean, what, and you also, you're abusing your position. You're a Kayan in the Beis HaMikdash. It's like, uh, you can't abuse your position. I mean, if people find that this Kayan is doing it regularly, you know, if half the world, he can't be a Kayan anymore. He can't. They would, they would, they would send them out. You can't, you can't mix in. Let's say you have a personal issue with somebody, so there's a way of working it out. You start disqualifying his carbonus. He's not even allowed to, in our, in our day, he's not allowed to 
Of course. You're not a duchen if you don't like the people. But uh, but according to this pshat, it much, makes much more sense. The kayim was just a parameter of what's going on. Okay. To affect this havayda of bringing the shechina back, one must go in and become part of what's called tzivis Hashem. When the Jewish people leave Mitzrayim, they're called tzivis Hashem. All the troops, the army, all the members, the legions of Hashem's army, tzivis Hashem, leave Mitzrayim. Yeah, and throughout the Chumash, you'll say, Litzava, right? Tzava of this one. They were legions, like troops. They were called like, huh? Litzivo Sam, very common. Yeah. Very common in Chumash. How they rested, how they dwelled when they journeyed throughout the Midbar, the Golem. But it's first introduced in Parish's boy that they leave as Tzivais Hashem. So when the Maimer Basi Lagani, see this Maimer Basi Lagani, Achaisikala, is based on the Maimer Basi Lagani that the Rebbe's father in law, the Rebbe Rayatz, published for the yard site of his grandmother, which was Yutshvat. Tovshin Yud, 1950. It was a Maimah that included 20 chapters. And uh, for that Shabbos, he published five. And then the next 15 would be published the next few weeks. But that Shabbos morning, he passed away. Tovshin Yud, 1950, Yud So every year, Yud Shvat, the Rebbe would say a Maimah that was based on that Maimah, Basilagani of his father-in-law, the year of his Yartzat. Because he gave it out to learn. And that day, Mamish passed away, Yud Shvat, Tovshin Yud. So he says, he explains in the Maimah, Shabbat Sava Yesh Gimel Pirushim. In Lashon Kaidish, the word Tzava has three meanings. Tzava Lashon Zman. Kamashikasov. Halay Tzava Le'enosh Alay Aretz. The Pasuk says in Iyav Perik Zion, each person has a fixed time on earth. Tzava means a fixed time, a Zman and a Ketz. That's one element of Tzava. The second Tzava is Milashon Tzivyon Ratzen V'yayfi. Tzava, which is like a shape. Tzivyon is your shape, your model. Like the tzivyon of somebody is the character, the dmus, Rashi says the dmus person. Ratzin, it's also desire, tzavi is desire, and yoifi, beauty, which is basically the full structure of something. Shu'inyana is skalus, which represents integration. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah and the Mesech Techulun, of Samach, that it says, Vayichulu hashamayim va'aretz v'cholts v'am, al tikrit svam el tzivyonam. That Hashem created everything in the world, litzivyonim. Litzivyonim means with their consent. Everything that was created, including every neshama, they had to agree. God did not force anyone or anything to be created. Every neshama agrees to its journey. Every creation agrees and desires. Yes, I'm in. Nobody was forced. Right? Which is a very powerful idea. Basically, we have chosen our lives. <laughs> so you're not a victim of it. But what about the other end of the extreme? That when a person is going you know, live be well, and a person goes out with their hands open, so it's against his will, isn't it? Doesn't you mean Balkar Chachat Achai? Yeah, I'm saying he's, he's, when a person dies, it's Balkar Chachat Ames, Balkar Chachat Achai. Right. Yes, as Mafarshim say. So most explain means in the sense that that the, the soul naturally, <laughs> right? The soul naturally, it's hard for it to come down to this world because of its tremendous, uh, 
It's a tremendous spiritual radiance that it has in heaven. Right. So there's an element of Balkarchatachai meaning that it knows that this is the mission God wants, but there's something difficult for it. So we say Balkarchatachai. Like, but this is Hashem wants. It's not so simple. It's not so simple. So that's Tsivyainam. Tsivyainam also means that he created them with their full structure, with their full beauty. Taisva says over there, Tsava's beauty. Rashi says Tsava's the dmus, the full structure. That they were, that they, uh, they were wholesome, complete. Shawinyanai is Beauty is always when there's like a symphony of voices, a symphony of colors, a mosaic, a tapestry. That's what gives something beauty. The synthesis. Huh? Maratatsavot, yeah. Maratatsavot, yeah. Utsava Lashen Chayim. And then we have like Tsava, an army. An army, Tsava. Tsava, even in today's Hebrew, is an army. So when the Jews leave Mitzrayim, they're called Tzivas Hashem, because through these three things, they fulfill the purpose of making a dira in this world. As my father-in-law, the Rebbe, explains in the Maimah Basilagani in the previous chapters. After he explains in chapter 10, the first two meanings of the word Sava. In chapter 11 of his Maimer Basi Lagani, he begins to explain the third interpretation, which is the main interpretation of Tzava as part of an army, which is actually the primary element in Avaida. The first meaning of Tzava, that everything has a fixed time, is a condition in Avaida. You have to know this, but it's not the Avaida itself. The Avaida itself is not to have a fixed time. The Avaida of Torah and Mitzvah has to be in time and a space and nature of the world. As is known in the various stories that Mitzvahs have to be done in a time, in a space, in Teva. But it's not the essence of Avaidah. The essence of Avaidah is not that we worship the clock. It's just that you have to know Torah and Mitzvahs. Everything, there's this man Krishna, there's this man Tefillah, there's this man Shabbos, there's this man Yom Tif. Everything has its time, everything has its space. It's a tonight, it's a condition for Avaidah, but that's not Avaidah. Avaidah is not we worship the clock. We don't worship the clock. We worship God. But Avaidah Hashem happens within a fixed time, a fixed space, a fixed nature. That's the, yeah. we're not making a checklist of, you know, like we spoke on Shabbos, yeah. The second type in Sava, which is beauty and integration, is also not the Avaid. It's a preparation for the Avaid. Before davening, that Rizal says you should say that you accept on yourself the mitzvah of Avtalarecha Kamaicha, because that's the preparation for Taita. You begin your day. With Avas Yisrael. Now, Rizal said, before you daven, you should say, That's the beginning, it's the catalyst, it's the foundation. To be able to realize that you're integrated, you're part of a whole. That's the beauty of a Jew, that you're integrated. There's a mosaic, we're all limbs of one body, we're all notes of one symphony. So that's the Hachana Tavayd. As the Maimer explains that the different souls have different 
distinct contributions. There are those, they are the minds of the Jewish people. They're Bali Hasaga, they are the ones with great comprehension. There are those who are the masters of secret. Then you have Anashim Pshutim, their power is the simplicity. Klal Yisrael is a body. We have the head, we have the hearts, we have the arms of the Jewish people, and we have the legs of the Jewish people. We have the abdomen of the Jewish people, we have the liver of the Jewish people. Every, every neshama has its unique contribution to the, to the living organism of Knesset Yisrael, and one has to recognize that you can't function without the love and the connection to every other part of your body. We don't amputate, God forbid, any part of the body. Because there is that integration. So the preparation for Avaidus Hashem is to integrate yourself with the Jewish people. Those are the first two interpretations of Tzava. One is you have to recognize time, space, nature, structure. Avaidus Hashem must be even the most creative person. Consistency is the soil upon which creativity can blossom. Without consistency, without bringing things into specific times and specific spaces and recognizing the structures of nature, Avaidus Hashem is going to become elusive, chaotic, inconsistent. Sometimes spiritual artists have a hard time with it. So that's, that's, that's a preparation for Avaidus Hashem. The second element of Tzava is what? The integration, the synthesis, understanding that you're part of a whole, the connection with others. But then he says, But the third interpretation, that's not only a preparation for the Aveda, that is the Aveda, that you're part of Hashem's army, your Tzava, Kabbalah Sol, you accept upon yourself the yoke of Malchus Shemaim, and this is the focus in this 11th chapter of, of the original Maimar Basi Lagani of the Rebbe Rayats, where he focuses on this primary element of Tzivas Hashem, that they are part of an army, Tzavah Melashen Chayel. Which is therefore what he's going to be focused on. You see, this Maimar is from Tavshin Chaf Aleph. Every year, Yutshma, the Rebbe would focus on another chapter of the Basi Lagani. So Tavshin Yud Aleph, which was the first yard set of his father-in-law, he focused on Ois Aleph. And each year he would focus on another ice, like study it and teach it and explain it. So Tavshin Chaf Aleph, 1961, was Ois Yud Aleph, because Tavshin Yud Aleph was Ois Aleph. That's why they published it for this year, because Tavshin Pei Aleph is again Ois Yud Aleph. In order to explain what is the meaning of Tzivus Hashem, you're in the army of Hashem. So he explains that the Tzava by a Jew, we're called Tzivus Hashem in Parshas Boy, is connected to one of the names of Hashem, which is known as the name of Tzvais. It's one of the seven names of Hashem that you're not allowed to erase. We know that in Halacha, in Mesech Teshvuas and in Rambam, as he says in footnote 15, there are seven names of Hashem that it's forbidden to erase. Generally, the list is Yutke Vavke, which is pronounced as Adna, Aleph, Dalad, Nun, Yud. Then you have Kael, you have Eleikim, you have uh, Eleika, you have um, Shindalad, Yud, and uh, you have Tzvais, is one of the seven names, and you have Yud Kevavke, I said, Adna, right, Kael, Kael, 
Elikim, Elikash, and Yud, and Svaz. Those are usually the, the seven names that are... No, no. Elikim is Aleph, Lamed, Hey, Yud, Mem. And Elikah is Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Hey. So Tzvayis is one of the seven names that you're not allowed to erase. It's an Isser to erase. That's a good question. Why do people say Tzvayis and not Tzvakais? People say Tzvayis, huh? Okay, we'll soon see. It's a good question. So this is part of the seven names that are not erased, that you're not allowed to erase. There's a lot of other names, you know, we call Hashem Chanon, Rachom, but these are what's called Kinuyim, pseudonyms, like, so to speak, nicknames. But the names that are Einan Mechak, and it's an Isra to erase, are the Sheva Shem Shem Nemchak. So he says in that Maimed, that when we call Jews Tzivais Hashem, it's connected to the name Tzvais. Because all the faculties in an Ashama come from Lamaila, meaning they come from the way they are in Hashem. It's an expression in Tanya that our ten faculties evolve from Hashem's ten spheres. The human being is carved in the image of Hashem. So everything that exists within us is a reflection of the same quality or characteristic, the way it exists by Hashem. So when we call Jews, Tzivais Hashem, you are part of a Tzavah, it doesn't just begin in me and in you and in us. It evolves from the way this quality exists, Kivayachel and Hashem. We... God is also in an army. Yeah, he's called Tzvois. Hashem is also called Hashem Alekei HaTzvois, right? We say in Tehillim, in many places, Danach, Hashem is called Hashem, Kaddish, Kaddish, Kaddish. We say every day, Hashem Tzvois. He's called Hashem Alekei HaTzvois. The guard, the God who is the leader of an army or is part of an army. So it begins with Hashem and then it's mirrored and reflected and evolves within the human soul as well. Is that the nature of the Tzvois? Right. To some degree, every person, some degree, every person, there's something unique about the Jewish connection to Tzivis Hashem, so it reflects, that's why the Maimur says, it's not just we're called Tzivis Hashem, it's a reflection of Hashem's name, Tzvais. The Maimur says, The Gemara says in Masech Tebrachas, a very interesting Gemara, that the name Tzvais only emerged through the prophets. The Betoyed Eloi Nisker Shem Tzvais. In the whole Chumash, you'll never find the name of Hashem Tzvah. All the other names you'll have in Chumash. All the other names. Kel Shaddai, Kel Shindalad Yud, you have. Yud Kevavke, of course, Adna, Kel, Elekai, Elekim, all of them are there. Shem calls himself Eye, there's a Machlekes about Eye, Aleph, Hey, Yud, Hey, is that one of the Shemus? But those are all in Chumash. The, the name Tzvah you never have in Chumash, ever. It only comes out in the Nevi'im and in the Ksuvim. In Tehillim you have a lot, right? Hashem, uh, ah? We just said in the morning in Yeshai, Kaddish, 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 Hashem, Tzvayisim, Lechel, Aritz, The last prophets, the last, like Zechariah, the last prophet, Chagah, Zechariah, Malachi, Zechariah over there, they use constantly Tzvayis. So it seems as, as history develops, the words, the name Tzvayis becomes more, more pronounced. The Gemara says in Masech Tebrachas Daf Lamed Aleph that when Chana daven to Hashem for a child, Chana, of course the mother of Shmuel, the, the husband of Elkanah, 
So it says, Vatidr Neder, she made a promise, Vatimer Hashem Tzvois. So Rabbi Laza said that from the day Hashem created the world, there was no man, no person who called Hashem Tzvois until Chana. Chana was the first one to give Hashem this name. It's a fascinating idea. So Chana, who lived already, she lived during the time, she lived in the, the, not, not in the time anymore of Moshe and Yeshua. Chana was the mother of Shmuel, who would be the one who would coronate Shaul as king. So you're dealing a few hundred years after the Jews are in Eretz Yisrael. He would coronate also David as a king. This is already a few centuries after Eretz Yisrael. Nobody ever called Hashem Tzvois. You don't have that name in Torah. In Torah it says that we are called Tzivois Hashem. We are called Tzivois. Tzivois of Hashem. We are the Tzava of Hashem, but not that Hashem is Tzvois. So this is a name that only comes out first by Chana, and then the Nevi'im adopted. So that's very interesting, huh? Since you, you mentioned it, how was it that, uh, that Shmuel was allowed to uh, inaugurate someone that wasn't from Yehuda when he, not, when he inaugurated Shaul? Well, it's a good question, but Hashem is the one who told him to do it. Yeah, so that's, that's even a better question. You mean, why did Hashem want Shaul? It's supposed to be the kings I thought were supposed to be from Yehuda. I wanted to ask you this question before, but you can, you can put it aside. I can ask you later, but we're going to ask you now. So okay, no, it's an interesting question to look at. But, so that was the, that was the first time that... that so. Tzvayis is by Chana, and then the Nevi'im adopted. That's why when you, when you read Nevi'im and Ksuvim, you have a lot. Hashem is called Hashem Alekei HaTzvayis. There's that song, what's the name Yisrael, Azina... Hashem melekim tzvois ha'ashivenu. He says in one capital, capital paces three times. Hashem melekim tzvois ha'ashivenu. Hashem melekim tzvois. Just three names, but he also puts in tzvois. But that's only Tehillim. Tehillim already is part of the Ksuvim. So in the Vim and Ksuvim you have it. And in the later Nevi'im you have it even more. So that means this is something that happens later in Jewish history. And yet, already in Chumash, we're called Sivas Hashem. And he connects it with the fact that Hashem is called Tzvayis, but he's only called Tzvayis later. There's a little bit of a paradox here. First you tell me that our name Tzvayis Hashem is connected to Hashem's name Tzvayis. But Hashem's name Tzvayis only comes out later. We're called Tzivus Hashem already in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, that's true. Jews are called Tzivus Hashem in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. Certainly by Moshe, by Matan Torah, when the world reached the same perfection that it was in the beginning of creation, greater than it was after the sin of the calf, and in the time of the prophets, when they used the name Tzvayis, where they have to fix the Chet Egel, but before the Chet Egel by Matan Torah, there's certainly, Jews are in a very, very elevated state. So certainly, the name Tzvayis Hashem doesn't only apply to later, the time of the Nevi'im. It exists already then. That's what the Chumash says. They went out of Mitzrayim as Tzvayis Hashem. Elish Oz, Hayerak, Iyin Tzvayis Havaya, Hainush Hashem Tzvayis, Lo Hayoshem Bifnei Atzmai. Elo Tafu Lebatu Lashem Havaya. The difference is, the time of Moshe, the name Tzvois is not self-contained. It's like a prefix, it's, it's a, it's a tofel. It's Tzvois Hashem. 
In other words, it's subservient to the name of Yud Kevavke. Hashem is not called Tzvois. Hashem is called Yud Kevavke. The Jews are Tzvois Hashem. They are the army of Hashem. But Tzvois is not a self-contained independent name. Later, the times of the Nevi'im, Tzvayas now assumes its own identity. So when we're called Tzvayas Hashem in the time of Moshe, Tzvayas then doesn't have its own name. Even when we're called Tzvayas, it's Tzvayas who are part of Hashem, part of Yudkei Vavke. The Tzvayas is bottle, it's, it's subservient, it's like a prefix, it's a prelude, it's achana to Havaya, Tzvayas Yudkei Vavke. Later, Tzvayas will become, so to speak, a, its own special noun. It's own Shema Etzim, one of the seven names. Kvishi's Barla, come on. Sivazayin, Hafresh, Bebezaf, Anamelo. We have to explain what's the difference between these two stages in Tzvayas. There's the army, the way there by the Tzis Mitzrayim, where it's Tzivis Hashem, Tzvayas is not yet its own name. And then later, from Chana and on, she's the first one to introduce this concept called Tzvayas as a proper noun. It becomes one of Hashem's names, even though it's never mentioned in Taira. In Chumash, you'll never have. Hashem's name is Tzvayis. And this will all help us understand what it means that a Jew is part of this Tzava. When we leave Mitzrayim as a nation, we're called Tzvayis Hashem to be able to fulfill the purpose of ultimately making a Diribetachtoin and building a Mishkan, bringing the Shekhinah down, bringing the Shekhinah down into the earth. Should we go another few minutes? Go till 11? Okay, we'll go another few minutes. Till 11. Say that. Is that fine? In order to understand this, he continues in the Maimish, a clawless in Yenzayin Hashemes, who could isib a medrash rabba, Shmiyatim of Akish Leda, Lafi Maisayani Nikra, Kshani Nilchimim Harishoyim and Nikrit Svois. It's a fascinating medrash. The medrash says in Medrash Rabba, Shmais Rabba, Parsha Gimel, Hashem says, You want to know my name? My name is always defined by my actions. And when I battle with the wicked, that's when I'm called Tzvayis. Meaning, I don't have a name. I don't have my own name. My actions define me. And therefore, my names change. They fluctuate based on my actions. When I'm in the mode of battle, of conflict with the Rishayim, trying to weed out wickedness from the world, that's when I'm called Tzvayis. So, so, so you're asking, Hashem Ishmael Chama didn't start by Chama, it started much earlier. Exactly, yeah. Melchama Hashem Ba'malek, right. Right, which he didn't do. Right, right. He didn't do. I just want to see the Lashon HaMadrash. Shmois Ramba. He didn't do that. Shaul did not do that. That's why he was taken out, right? Yeah. He was told by Shmuel Taka. Yeah. So this is the Medrash, just to quote the Medrash, in Parsha Shmois. And uh, Moshe asked Hashem, what's your name? I'm going to come to the Jewish people and they're going to say, Amruli Ma Shmoy. Who's this God who sent you? What should I say? So the Medrash Rabbah says that Hashem actually, so the Pasuk says Hashem said, Eya asher Eya. It means, I will be the one who will be. I will be who I will be. Okay. So the Medrash Rabbah says, what did Hashem tell Moshe? Shmiyatam avakash leida. You want to know my name? I don't have one name. My name is whatever I'm doing at the time. Sometimes I'll be called Kelshin Daladyut. Sometimes I'll be called Tzvay. Sometimes I'll be called Alakim. Sometimes I'll be called Hashem. 
When I'm judging, I'm called a lekim. When I'm battling, I'm called svois. When I have patience despite man's sins and distortions, I'm called shindalad yud. When I have compassion, I'm called Hashem. Hashem is compassion. Hashem kerachem v'chanon. Ani nikra lefi maisai. That's what eye asher eye means. Imagine says eye asher means I will be what I will be means I will always be something else. Whatever I am, then that becomes my name. That's that's what you that's what you sh- that's what you should explain to them. That's one interpretation of the medrash. So what would this mean? This would mean that names essentially, right? are quite alien. In other words, you want to know my name? I'm sorry, I don't have a name. <laughs> what I'm doing, right? You can define me, that becomes my name. So he says, When he says, There is really a paradox here. If it's, it means, it's not my inner core. It's something that's interchangeable based on the action. So yesterday I have one name, today I have another name, tomorrow I have another name. So it's not me. It's not the me that is unchangeable. It's not the me that's the essence. It's based on the action. The name is completely external. Couldn't you have more than one name operating at the same time? Yeah, you're right. Based on different actions, indeed. Which means, basically, that at the same time you're this and that and that because there's so many different mice. Isn't your action what you do? Huh? Well, there's obviously a connection between who you are and what to do, but you do, but you can't reduce the essence to, to, to action. It's like saying, my name is plumber today. Yeah. My name is painter today. Today you're painter, today you're plumber, yeah. Today you're fighter, today you're lover, huh? Yeah, yeah. Today you're your builder, a destroyer. <laughs> it's not the etzim. It's not the etzim. Nobody's saying it changes. That's what he's telling Moshe. Like, I can't give you a name. I'm sorry. <laughs> depends on the depends on the minute. Depends on the minute. You know, I'm this. I'm that. I'm that. And they're all they're real, real based on the actions. They say even a name reduces you to something. Like I'm saying, yeah, the yeah. The, na- the name reduces you to one particular feature. <laughs> to employ kabbalistic terminology. They talk about the names reflecting spheres. What are spheres? Spheres are specific characteristics. Generally, the Kabbalah speaks about ten spheres. Hashem has a Chacham, Chachma, his Bina, his Das, his Chesed, his Gvur, his Tiferes, his Netzach, his Hoid, Yisoyed, Malchus. These are ten characteristics, ten features that are defined. Chesed is benevolence, generosity. Gvur is discipline. Tiferes is empathy. Netzach is victory. Hoid is submission, right? Yisoyed is bonding. Malchus is royalty. Chachma is conception, Bina is comprehension, Das is application, Keser is will or pleasure. I'm just giving the, a, 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 a loose translation of these. One of the great Kabbalistic works comes from a man named Rabbi Yosef Giktilia. Rabbi Yosef Giktilia, called Shari Oira, as he says in 21. So the Maimer quotes the Shari Oira, Rabbi Yosef Giktilia Shari Gimel, where he says, Sheshem Tzvai you see, the seven names of Hashem that we don't erase are basically corresponding to the seven Midas. Kale is Chesed. Elikim is Gvura. Yutke Vavke is Tiferes. Netzach and Hoyr are Tzvois. Yesoid is Shin Dalad Yud, Shakai. And Adna, Alev Dalad Nun Yud, is Malchus. Eloika is usually associated with Bina. 
Eye, Aleph, Hey, Yud, Hey, which some people include in the list, the Rambam doesn't, but some include in the list, is Keser. So what's the idea here? That the name is a, is a certain sphere, which is a certain characteristic. When Hashem is, so to speak, in the mode of Gvura, so he's Elikim. When he's in the mode of Malchus, he's Adna. When he's in the mode of Chesed, he's Kale. When he's in the mode of Rachamim, he's Yudkevavke. So this represents the idea of Lefimaisa, based on my actions, how I'm being channeled. But he says, but let's take a look at the Medrash a little deeper. The Medrash doesn't say, I don't have a name. And just look at what I'm doing and then you can go. He says, and then, and you can define that as a name. He says, Lafi Masai, Ani Nikra. What's Ani? Ani. Who's Ani? Ani is not what you're doing. Ani is I. So based on my actions, I assume that name. See, so he says, that's why this medrash is really teaching us a very subtle paradox. On one hand, it seems like the name is completely alien to me. When you say Ani, Ani means me, my core, my essence, like Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. The Anoichi precedes Hashem and Alekecha. Hashem Alekecha are names. So the medrash could have just said, Hashem told Marsh Rabbeinu, listen, I am nameless. My eye has no name. It can't be captured by a particular feature or identity or definition or characteristic. However, I do different actions. And you could speak about the actions. You could speak about the maizim. But Ani, I am nameless. That's not what he tells Moshe Rabbeinu. He says, Lefi Masai, Ani Nikra. My Ani assumes this identity. My Ani, my essential I, which transcends names, which transcends characteristics, assumes this name. But that's a paradox, because the names are always changing, because the actions are always changing. And the Ani is essential. Nonetheless, that's the Chiddush, and that's the very profound paradox that the Medrash is conveying here. That even though you would think the activities are always changing, and therefore the names are always changing, so the name doesn't apply to one knee. The name is expl- completely external. Nonetheless, lefi masai ani nikra, that becomes something that, so to speak, captures the ani. Now, this is not such a small paradox. This paradox, essentially, as we will see, is one of the most powerfully loaded and difficult subjects that are discussed throughout the literature of Kabbalah and Chassidus. Nister and Chassidus, especially Chabad Chassidus, because it really boils down to a very profound question. And that is, can there be a relationship with the essence of Hashem that is completely transcendent and nameless? You see, we live in the world of definitions. We live in a world of names. How much do the names of God relate to the Ani of Hashem? Or maybe there's no connection. The Ani of Hashem remains completely aloof, completely sublime, completely removed. All we can discuss or articulate or have a relationship with are the various actions. Is that true? Or maybe there's something deeper than that. That's the paradox he's addressing here with the Lefi Masai, And it's not just a philosophical question about the relationship of pure infinity to the finite world, but it's also a very deep question 
that's very relevant and very emotional and very, it, it affects our entire approach to avoid the Sashem and to our life. Because the question is, can my identity connect to the essence of reality? Or there's no way that can happen. Does a relationship with Hashem ultimately require for me to transcend identity? For identity to cease to be? Because in the world of definition, there's no Ani. Ani transcends definition. Or can my identity, which is based on characteristics and definitions and descriptions, relate to the essence? Can it be a channel for the infinite? And this has many ramifications to how we understand Yiddishkeit, how we understand Avedis Hashem, and it also affects relationships between people. Can I really have a relationship with you in your essence? Or can our relationship only exist on a level of names? Which means I know your name. Not just I know your physical name, Nechemya, Yankel, Aaron, Motl. But I know your name means I have a perception of your reality. There is the way I could connect to your name, which means the part of you that can be experienced by me. And the part of you that's experienced by me is external to you. That's what a name is. Or I could actually connect to you. Can I even connect to me? Can my I connect to my real I? Because the way I perceive myself is through a conceptualized I. Can my conceptualized I, can my conceptualized I become attuned to my essential I, which is beyond conceptualization. The way I think of myself is already my name. It's the way how I appreciate who I am. It's the way I define myself in terms. It's the way I conceptualize who I am. It's a story I tell myself about myself. But who am I for real? That's Ani. That's the paradox that this Medrash is conveying. And as we will see, generally... There are three streams of consciousness, three approaches that the Lubavitcher Rebbe is going to be addressing. There's the approach that's very often discussed in Kabbalah, specifically by Rabbi Moshe Cordovero, the Ramak, and the Arizal, Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, two great Kabbalists of the 16th century. There's the approach of the Balshemtiv that we're going to be discussing, and then there's the approach of the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, who tried to synthesize and integrate these two other approaches as we will see in the continuation of the Mimer. So this really becomes, opens up a vista to a, one of the profoundest sugis, one of the profoundest discussions in Kabbalah and Chassidus about the relationship between the undefined, ultimate truth, the essence of everything which transcends everything, and a world of definitions, of identity, of struggle, of fluctuations, in which mortal man lives, and can there be an ultimate fusion between the two as we will continue in the next year Bezer Hashem. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.